Welcome back, everybody. We have another exciting episode of For the Boys for you on this special trade deadline Tuesday. A lot of things going on. We've got the World Series to talk about, all kinds of football action. The weekend was crazy. I've got my two best friends with me, Dylan and Justin, here to break it all down for you. Justin, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing good, man. Better than last week. The weekend wasn't quite as sad. Had a Penn State L, but I was too drunk to finish the fourth quarter. So it's fine. I fell asleep on the bathroom floor. I woke up, threw up Sunday morning. We're feeling good, man. We're feeling good. I'm excited to be here with you guys. <laughs> I love how every show, like we just open the segment up with like the, the most debauchery that we possibly can. Speaking of L's, Dylan, how are you doing, man? How was your weekend? Why is that speaking of an L? That's, that, that's an insult already. I mean, my weekend was very eventful. Miller, stop crying. I don't understand you. He wants in on the pod, dude. Give him his airtime. It, it seems that way. It's probably uh, – prob- I don't understand. But anyway, um, no, my weekend was pretty good. Uh, my girlfriend and I went, Miller, stop. <laughs> Check that. <laughs> My girlfriend and I went to a Halloween party. Uh, we went as the we went as Morticia and Gomez Adams. I thought we did a pretty good job with the dress up. And on Sunday, we just watched a bunch of football together. I'm not gonna lie; I didn't really wa- watch any of the Sunday night games. So I will let you will take that role. I was too busy enjoying some pizza, some wine, and some Phantom of the Opera. I would much rather watch that than what was happening Sunday night. You, you mean to tell me you didn't watch Hocus Pocus on Halloween? No. I thought you guys loved Hocus Pocus. That's what I thought. Because, because I'm here. Last time there was Hocus Pocus talk, there was a lot of slander toward the GOAT family Halloween movie I watched Hocus Pocus and watched Sunday Night Football because I'm an American, wow. and I was also still hungover at 8.30 p.m. <laughs> so we had Halloween. Uh, that was great. You went treating. Dylan did whatever he did. But listen, guys, we got to talk trade deadline, man. Today is trade deadline Tuesday, and there wasn't a whole lot of action, but there were definitely a couple of pieces that got moved. We already talked about the Zacherts trade. That was kind of a precursor to it, so we don't need to go into that again. But we did have a couple of pieces moved today, specifically one that I do want to talk about. We had another trade by the Los Angeles Rams. The rich get richer, folks. Sean McVay somehow found another couple of draft picks inside the Easter basket that he could trade away for Von Miller. So you have Von Miller leaving the Broncos, it was a heartfelt, emotional goodbye, a guy that's been with them for a long time, won a Super Bowl with them, and he is now joining a defensive line that likes to eat and joining the ranks of Aaron Donald. So, Justin, how do you think that this trade impacts the NFC West going forward, and do you think this gives the Rams the piece that they need to make a real push for the Super Bowl? Yeah, man, I, th- I think it's a huge, huge ad for the Rams. Um, I-, I feel like Von Miller, in my head, obviously – you know, being the Denver hasn't been in the most prominent of a position to be talked about by us very often, but I feel like I almost forget about Von Miller at times and how good he really was, especially a few a few seasons back when he was healthy. But I think for the Rams, this is a huge, huge ad. Um, Chris Long gave me this snippet that I really liked that Von Miller is getting the first opportunity to have home games on turf. And when you're a speed edge rusher like Von Miller, turf is your best friend. It really gets you around that corner much quicker. And I, 
I thought that was a really interesting piece. Um, so we could be possibly seeing the quickest Von Miller on the edge ever. So that's going to be exciting. Um, I don't know where McVay keeps getting these draft picks from. It actually blows my mind how baffled it just how little he cares about the draft and how just everyone loves taking their picks. I mean, they don't want them, so someone might as well take them. And I think Denver made the right move, did right by Von Miller, sent him off to a contender. For and sure, and there's already talks of. You know, the Rams trying to extend him, which is great. I think it shows they're the thing in long term, too. So I'm excited to see how that will look. I think the Rams just hate the draft. I think they would much rather do away with draft picks and just trade for proven stars and just roll with that and just stick with that type of philosophy. Now, Normally, when you trade off your first, your second, or your third round pick, you're supposed to hit on later round picks, which most of the time they do. They hit on Taylor Rapp. They hit on Cam Akers. They hit on a few other. They hit on Van Jefferson as well. I mean, so they have had the history of hitting on later picks in the round. So that's the fact that they trade away their first round pick. Well, they didn't trade their first round pick for Von Miller. They trade away a day two pick, so they trade away their second and third but they're not it's this isn't odd to them. They don't really care. They know that Von Miller is a proven commodity. Now, he's not going to be the Von Miller that we all thought he was, you know, when he was taking over the Super Bowl. But, you know, if Von Miller can get you 15 to 25 rotational pass rushing downs and maybe get you a sack or two, you know, that's just that's just a cherry on top. I think it was a good move by the Rams. It just shows that they're for real. You talked about the possible extension. It shows that they believe in him as well. You know, at this point, the Rams are just being bold. And, again, they're, they've been down this road, and they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I love, I love your take, Dylan. You know, I love your take that Sean McVay just hates draft picks. And, I mean, apparently he does. I can't think of the last homegrown talent besides maybe Van Jefferson – I guess Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson, so that's not fair. But it does seem like they do sign or, or trade for a lot of free agents to make their team better. Obviously, Stafford and Jalen Ramsey being the big cornerstone pieces there. But, you know, the Rams are in a prime position with the Cardinals taking their first L of the year. The Rams are now tied with them. I think that this move does make them stronger. I think that Von Miller has as much, if not more, left in the tank than J.J. Watt, who's now injured. They're both the same age, 32 years old. And another prominent free agent that comes to my mind, who was a pass rusher, who uh, made a move at that age, was Michael Bennett when he came to the Eagles. And he was still very productive. He had about a season and a half's worth of really, really high-end production. So it'll be interesting to see what this does for that team. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer, and the murderers go to jail. We heard that in the early hours of today, the story broke that Henry Ruggs had actually uh, hit somebody. The story broke that he hit somebody, and uh, they were deceased upon arrival at the scene. So it looks like Henry Ruggs, who's having a, a really good year statistically, will be facing DUI charges. And, you know, obviously there's now going to be manslaughter, homicide, whatever else they charge him with. So really just a really, really tragic story and another reminder of why you shouldn't drink and drive, even if you're a millionaire. I mean, just catch an Uber, man. It's it's just kind of crazy, and you know, what are your guys' thoughts on the whole situation, and how does this impact the Raiders going forward, Justin? Yeah, it, it's it's a shame. It really is. It's a shame that a young, prominent player, you know, I believe he was like the eleventh overall pick, very high draft pick the other year, 
that he made a you know made this unfortunate decision um obviously is impacting another family deeply as a lot as a life was lost in this accident and you know i it's tough to say it's really tough to see say what's going to happen with rugs in terms of his nfl career his criminal charges potentially and where all that ends up um I've referenced in text messages to other people about this situation that years ago when Dante Stallworth played for the Ravens, a similar situation happened. He was driving under the influence, got in an accident, killed somebody, family got paid off, and he ended up playing, if not that Sunday, very shortly after the accident all took place. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens here. But for the Raiders, I mean, you just got to think about the family of the, you know, the person who died in this situation, but that's that's someone they invested in heavily. Um, took very early in the draft, and this could be a big setback for them. It's gonna, you know, it'll be interesting to see where they fall in this whole process, this whole legal process that he's gonna be faced with. First off, uh, thoughts and prayers that go out to the victim's family. Uh, tragedy on both ends. Uh, there's loss, and you know, at this point, the the ones that are walking away from this are the ones that have to remember everything. It's just a terrible situation, gentlemen, and um, it's bad for the or, or it's bad for the organization for the Raiders because you know what already they're dealing with. I believe that Henry Ruggs' career may be done in the NFL, and that may be possibly speaking a little prematurely. But you know, we did bring up the criminal charges, and you know, we've been kind of talking in the group text about you know possible ramifications of this. But it's it's just sad, man. I mean, with Henry Ruggs, as young as he is, um, as you were saying, um, just having his best statistical year and just really kind of coming into his own as, a, in essence, the Raiders' number one wide receiver. And now that he's gone, it just puts extra work on Darren Waller, um, extra pressure on the offense to really just step up, specifically Derek Carr. I feel bad for Derek Carr, man. Like he is just put into a real bad situation, and he's just called on to be the leader. And right now, he's just doing everything he can to keep his team winning games. But man, it's just the organization and the universe is really not giving him much to really work with right now. It's it sucks. It's a sucky, sucky situation in in Las Vegas. I almost said Oakland for Derek Carr, the organization, but. I don't feel bad for Ruggs. Um, play stupid prizes. I mean, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And unfortunately, the other person on the other end didn't get to play anything. Um, so feel really badly for those left behind. Uh, a senseless act that takes another life. If this man gets reinstated or plays another down of football in the NFL, I will personally riot. I will hunt Goodell down, and uh, I'll, I'll – Invite him to a boxing match. I don't know what I was going to say. I was going to say something bad, and then I was like, don't say that. You're on air. Don't say that. So, you know what? It, it, they took the wrong one. They took the wrong one. The universe took the wrong one. We lost rugs. We should have lost rugs. Who we shouldn't have lost is Calvin Ridley. We're talking about people walking away. Well, this is a guy that chose to walk away really at the height of his career. He's in his prime. He He's the focus of that offense. He is the superstar, the alpha, with no real premier running back and aging Matt Ryan and Julio Jones having left. And, guys, this week we learned before the games that Calvin Ridley had decided to walk away from the game. He's stepping away for his mental health, whether that means he's concerned about CTE, head trauma, or he's just not having fun anymore. The guy's made some money, and he definitely deserves to do 
whatever it is he wants with his life. But this was this was huge news. This definitely needs to be talked about. You know, man, what what do you guys think? How do you think this impacts the Falcons going forward, Dylan? Do you think Calvin Ridley will ever return to football? I think eventually he will. Um, when the news broke um, and we were discussing about it in the group text, um, I didn't really know what to think about it, you know, right then and there. But after really processing, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for him. I'm happy that he was courageous to step up and just realize that something wasn't right and that he himself – couldn't bear through to really push through it. So he's taken a set, step back to really have a good self-reflection and really take notice that, you know, something is wrong and that he needs to be hands-on about what he needs to do. I think as far as the Falcons organization standpoint, it really just sets them back because, as you were saying, that's their number one wide receiver. Uh, you said that Julio Jones was uh, remaining left, but I think uh, what you meant to say was Kyle Pitts. Uh, it can be very confusing as to how to tell the one from the other. No, no, I said he left. Julio left. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I remaining. But um, yeah, it's really terrible anyway. Um, you know, now for Matt Ryan because now Matt Ryan only has just now Kyle Pitts and you know now Russell Gage to just throw to. Uh, as far as the offense, it's just it's just a step back for them. And right now, it just I mean, they were already losing with Calvin Ridley, and now they're definitely going to be losing without him. It's tough for the organizational standpoint, but I am happy that Calvin Ridley didn't try to push himself to really just you know push aside his mental health and really stepped up to really admit that something was wrong and that he's going to do whatever he needs to do to take care of it. Yeah, I think I think. This year, you've seen multiple players do this, where they realize something was off mentally, whether they have anxiety, depression, whatever it may be. They're concerned about CETE, you know, brain issues down the road, whatever it may be. They're stepping up, putting their mental health, their physical health above their careers and above millions of dollars, which I think is incredible. We saw Lane Johnson do it earlier in the season. We're seeing Calvin Ridley do it now, and I think they deserve all the respect in the world for putting themselves first. I think in years past, um, whether it was this decade, the past decade, whatever it may be, I don't think you would have seen guys, especially young players like Calvin Ridley, turning down tens of millions of dollars, potentially pushing that aside for your own benefit in terms of your mental health. I think that's incredible. Good for him. I hope we see him back one day. I mean, it could even be this season. Who knows? I just hope he gets right with whatever he's got going on in his personal life that clearly is far more important than anything on a football field. So good for him. And Calvin, we're hoping to see you back, man. You're an incredible talent. You seem like a great person. Shout out to you. Shout out. Shout out Calvin Ridley. And uh, shout out the next guy who takes Arthur Smith's job when he gets fired at the end of the year. So, uh, yeah, that'll be <laughs> – shout out to him, man. That'll be fun to watch. Let's see who uh, Arthur Blank selects as the new man in charge there. Tough situation in the NFC South. But let's let's jump real quick over to the Sunday night game. This is what you guys wanted to talk about. You guys were so anxious, so eager to talk about this barn burner of a game. It actually wasn't that fun of a game, in my opinion, to watch. Maybe if you're a Cowboys fan – if you're a Vikings fan, not so much. But the Sunday night football action, guys, about an hour before the game, we got confirmation that Dak Prescott would not be playing in this matchup. And to be honest, I think this was merely a matter of Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones talking and saying, look, the Vikings aren't that good. If we lose, we lose. The NFC East is trash. We're still the team to beat. 
And and look, they got it done. So the Dallas Cowboys defeated the Minnesota Vikings in their own home. Kirk Cousins looked, uh, I don't know, he looked like Kirk Cousins at times. It just, it amazes me that an offense with so much talent can look so bad week in and week out. And at this point, I don't know. I really don't know, Justin, if I blame Kirk Cousins or Mike Zimmer. But, you know, you have to give a lot of props to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys who got this win and uh, did it did it pretty convincingly without Dak Prescott. Yeah, I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. What you said about <laughs> the Vikings having so much talent and them just constantly being mediocre or slightly above average is mind-boggling. Whether it was they had, you know, they went to the NFC Championship game, obviously got collapsed by the Eagles. But on that wow. team, they were so, so talented. And with Diggs and with Thielen, it, I mean, it was just – Great talent everywhere on the offensive side of the ball. The defense was tough then. The defense still has remaining players from that group. It still has Justin Jefferson, an incredibly elite talent. It has yep. Thielen, a awesome, awesome receiver. Dalvin Cook. It it's just I don't understand how they can constantly be this mediocre and then lose to a Dak Prescott less team on Sunday night football at your home field. It's just, I don't get it. And I think it's time that maybe the Vikings start, you know, looking at tearing it down, restarting a quarterback. I know Kirk cousins has that crazy contract, but at the end of the day, if you keep going with this guy into the future, you're wasting Thielen's years you're going to waste Justin Jefferson's early years. You're going to waste Dalvin Cook's years. I mean, you're just wasting a lot of elite-level talent for a very subpar quarter. Again, I, uh, I didn't watch a single moment of this game because I already knew that it was going to be terrible to watch. The reason that all of these points that you and Rob have talked about is because Mike Zimmer's offense and his philosophy is just outdated. And – the league yeah. has just caught up with everything that he likes to do. And that's the same thing with Kirk Cousins. And then I was told that Dak Prescott isn't playing in this game. I thought the Vikings should win this game convincingly. And so I just chose not to watch it. I chose to watch the Phantom of the Opera. And it was <laughs> incredible with Gerard Butler and Fiona Gallagher. Yes, young Fiona Gallagher being the tremendous singer that she was. I was blown away and... Uh, also, um, what is it? Uh, Ed Warren uh, pa- or Patrick Davis is the actor's name. Uh, he was in the film as well. I was just blown away by how Dylan, great that- is this a new Phantom of the Opera? Like, am I missing something here? Did this, this was a, the two- this was a two thousand and four um, ah, edition, and I've seen that one. Yeah, it, it was incredible. Yeah, of, of Fiona. Yeah, Fiona Gallagher or Emmy Emmy Rosen, whatever her name is. Yeah, like that's she's in that. And again, yeah. That's, I chose to watch that over this game because I thought that would be more interesting. Yeah. Well, well, fun fact, Dylan, since we're talking about Phantom of the Opera, sidebar here, I actually saw Phantom of the Opera live on Broadway in New York City. It's the first ever uh, opera I went to. I went with my girlfriend at the time, and it was it was awesome, man. I did not want to be there, but she made me go, and it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, shout out Phantom of the Opera, bro. Incredible performance, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, back to your football. No, back to another incredible performance. I And then we can move forward. But, you know, hats off to the Cowboys, guys. And I don't want to praise them too much, but this wasn't a game where you would have thought, you know, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard carried the load. No, they combined. They had a 76 yards rushing. 
They averaged as a duo about 3.4 yards. Guys, this game was won on the arm of Cooper Rush, who, you know, last time he came in and played a full game, I think he had four interceptions. Not the case today. He threw for 325 yards, 40 pass attempts, two TDs, one pick. But he had three receivers go absolutely off. Amari Cooper had 122 yards. CeeDee Lamb had 112 yards. And Cedric Wilson had 84 yards. So combined over 300 yards for those guys. Um, There's not a whole lot more to say about this. Dylan was watching something much better than this. Uh, Justin summed it up. I just think – I just don't know if this offense will ever be good with Mike Zimmer. And I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is the answer, but I think think we can all agree that the problem lies within those two, and they've got to change something going forward because they just have too much talent to be this bad. Hey, um, before before we change games, I want to initiate a hot take. My hot take of the week – is the uh, Cowboys should trade Dak Prescott to oh. somewhere oh, like uh, Philly? <laughs> uh, trade trade Dak to Philly uh, and Cooper Rush. You. Cooper Rush was slinging it. That's your how guy. You. Move forward with Cooper Rush. <laughs> Dak to Philly. Yes, Dak to Philly. Start the petition now. How dare you say that, man? If I that's mean- the case, then I have just officially found the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> I have him right here. Who is he? Are you implying I'm the murderer or are you the murderer? Yeah, are you the murderer? No. (laughs) That's Paul Rudd. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Bro. (laughs) Ant-Man? I'm in the Twilight Zone, dude. (laughs) I feel like Halloween. We're just saying ridiculous things. I I felt like I might as well. You know, put my two cents. Uh, oh. the Zodiac Killer, Paul Rudd, here next to me. Okay, so it's Halloween. Everybody's getting a little spooky, getting a little weird. Did you guys see Aaron Rodgers with his uh, John Wick impersonation for Halloween by any chance? Oh, no, it was hilarious. It was great. Yeah, some people say he was growing his hair out just for that look, and I'm like, that I, is some incredible foresight. Stop it, dude. I believe it. Dude, can we can we take it? I want to take another sidebar. Dude, he was just shooting his gun to Pooh Shiesty in the club. That was so cool. Dude, have you guys noticed how... Rogers can be led into a public place with a gun and just think, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's cool. No, did you guys... Have you guys realized over the years how many insane hairstyles that Rogers and Tom Brady have had? If you just look at, like, season-to-season picks of all the hair they've had, it is so strange. <laughs> it is the weirdest thing. That's why they're the goats, dude. I mean, I, I guess. It's just, it's just <laughs> weird. Guess. It's just strange, man. I haven't changed my hair in like seven years. So Facts. You still I don't the know. Same I guess I, I'm, not the goat. You. I'm not the goat. So that's why I guess I have the same hair. Yeah. Maybe you need to grow your hair out. Maybe you would be the goat then, you know? That's a good. That's a good take. Speaking of goats, there's another one. Even Kyler Murray grew his hair out. Baby Yoda grew his hair out, and you see what it's done for him, guys. There was a game played last week between these two. It was Aaron Rodgers going into the desert, going into the the Arizona Cardinals' home, and beating them on prime time. What's crazy is if you look at the Thursday night games this week, I would say over half of them have been wildly entertaining. Some of the best, which is not the case. Typically, Thursday night football is played. The players aren't ready. Their bodies are still recovering. If you read any of their articles in The Athletic, the articles that like Richard Sherman and other guys have written, they hate Thursday night games. They're usually still sore. They're trying to recover. They're trying to get treatment. They're, they're bones. They're, they're achy. Everything's hurting. Um, so those games are usually pretty sloppy, but this game was a lot of fun. It was arguably the game of the week, and we got it early on. 
the Packers ended up getting a, you know, a goal line stand, another end zone interception of Kyler Murray on the last play of the game to seal this one. This one was back and forth. We had goal line stands on both sides. Guys, uh, you know, we've sat here and joked about John Wick and, and joked about Halloween and the costumes, but honestly, at this point, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they won this game with no real offensive weapons besides Aaron Jones. You had Devontae Adams out. MVS was out. The other guy was out. You know, this is a huge win. <laughs> the other guy, hey, no disrespect, other guy. So Alan they went in. <laughs> Alan Lazard. Sorry, Alan Lizard. Sorry, Lizard, was sorry Lizard man. Sorry, buddy. But, uh, you know, it was it was a great win. It was a statement win. And you have to wonder now, who is actually the best team in the NFC? In the NFC? Is it the Packers? Is it the Cards? Is it the Rams? You know, Dylan, what did you see from this game that impressed you? Well, the first thing that I saw that didn't really impress me as much was Aaron freaking Rodgers doing Aaron freaking Rodgers things. It doesn't matter who's at wide receiver or running back. As long as Aaron freaking Rodgers is your quarterback, you know, he can turn into John Wick and become John Wick. It's incredible. Okay. But – Main takeaway from this is right now the Packers are the number one team in the NFC. They're starting to prove it and feel it. Uh, right now things are hunky-dory with Aaron Rodgers, which from someone who appreciates petty things, that sucks because I was really on hoping for them to lose some games and they're being uh, even more uncensored Aaron Rodgers. But unfortunately they're winning, so I don't get to see that side. I'm just simply waiting on the wheels to fall off. And right now it just looks like those wheels are pretty sturdy right now. (laughs) Yeah. Rogers this week, he had more weapons on him as John wick in that costume than his wide receiver (laughs) group did on Thursday night, which is insane. It's incredible that this man could pull that off. I am living with family right now while we look for a house and they are all Packers fans, so I have to say this very quietly so they don't hear me. They have an Aaron Rodgers fathead in the basement. Oh, no. It's kind of weird. It's life size. It's very large. It creeps me out. I taught, my son, I taught my son my son to say boo to Aaron <laughs> Rodgers because we love the birds here, of course. But and he he's just he's incredible. Um, it's amazing what he can get done with such a little talent around him. I feel like he's done this constantly um, as he continues to pound the table for the front office to draft weapons for him, and they continue to neglect his needs. But he gets it done anyway. He beats the undefeated Cardinals at the time. And we said it weeks ago when Dylan and I were on the pod, and we previewed this matchup. Dylan pointed this out weeks ago, and exactly how he predicted it, the one-loss Packers versus the undefeated Cardinals. And I think on that same podcast – I said the Packers are the best team in the NFC. They're not even healthy, and they're still still the best team in the NFC. And once they get healthy, they're going to be scary. Their defense is so banged up. They had Rasul Douglas picking off game-winning, potential game-winning end zone fades to A.J. Green. Rasul Douglas, this dude has jumped around from team to team since he left the Eagles, and he's getting game-winning picks. It's crazy. The fact that this dude's in a goal line package with the game on the line is insane. So yeah. shout out to the Packers. Shout out them, man. Shout out Rasul, a guy who I've publicly trashed for years. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. used to get burned by Amari Cooper twice a year, every year. 
we've lost games because of strictly him. So it was nice to see him get his comeuppance. Can we talk about that AJ Green route for a second, guys? He's getting a you're lot of hate. Quote, like your your exact quotes from the spot or your exact quotes from what it was in the group text. That's funny. Like it was word for word. That's incredible. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about <laughs> AJ Green for a second? What was what was he thinking on that route? You know, he got a lot of slander. Was that just miscommunication? Was that miscommunication. him thinking they're running to the left? Because everybody was saying like AJ Green just quit mid route. I that's not what I yeah. saw. I just miscommunication did. for sure. So he, he didn't, didn't think he was getting route. the ball. He didn't run a route. He was blocking. I mean, in that's, my opinion, yeah. like he was setting up to block. Like he thought he's the weak side of the run. Maybe he thought K one was going to run it in. Or something he didn't think a ball was coming his way. That's for no. sure. I mean, <laughs> there's no a way. receiver and a quarterback that just haven't played together, and they're still yeah. trying to find out each other's like body language and what each other likes to do. Like AJ Green still getting used to Kyler, and the fact that AJ Green is not having, you know, the ball thrown to him as much, it's even even more tough to figure out what Kyler's going to do. Yeah, it, it is. And this game with this game was fun. I wasn't a fan of either team, but. I was rooting oh, for. Fun. Was, I mean, you said earlier that you know, th- you know, thankfully these Thursday night games don't suck, and usually they normally suck, but now they don't suck. Yeah, no, this one, this one was fun. It was, it was interesting. It was exciting to watch because of the COVID that played a factor in it. The fact that Rodgers again didn't have any starting receivers, he finds out days before, then hours before, hey, you don't have him, you don't have him. And then mid-game, guys, mid-game, Big Bob, Big Bob Tanyan goes down with a nasty-looking injury. They overcame a goal-line stand. The Cardinals' defense was standing on their heads. That goal-line stand was absolutely incredible. Also have to you know, say it was a little bit of a self-inflicted wounds by the Packers. They could not get lined up. I mean, that's how, that's how much the – Packers receivers and Rodgers were not on the same page and were absolutely clueless. He was having to tell them where to stand, where to run routes. I just said, huh, you should be running already. Like they had no clue. They had to burn two timeouts, I think, on their final drive to get down to the goal line. And then having no timeouts, Rodgers just casually walked away from the line of scrimmage with three seconds left, knowing they weren't going to get lined up correctly, took the delay a game. That's what put them third and goal at the six yard line or the five and a half. It played a huge role because Rodgers then rushes up to the one on fourth down. You see the batted ball. So this was a game that, honestly, the Cardinals could have won, should have won. It came down to a huge stop in the end, but it was exciting. This was what two good teams looks like. It made me very jealous because this is not what my team looks like. So moving forward, we got to keep it rolling, guys. We are short on time. We do want to talk about the Titans and Colts. Dylan, tighten up. Nashville, Keeps on winning, man. This was a game that a lot of us, including me, circled Carson Wentz and the Colts in a prime spot to win. They had won two games in a row. It was an Indy. The Titans continue to battle injuries. The Colts are continuing to get healthier. And in this one early, the Titans were down 14-0. They find a way to claw their way back into this game. Thanks to Carson Wentz, Frank Reich, and, and the team doing some goofy things. Justin, just as I start to believe in Carson Wentz, he does this to me, and it hurts, man. What what, what do we do with the Colts? Are the Titans just that good? Um, I mean, I think you got a combination of both here. I think, I think Wentz has played really well, and this was his one wonky game. And it's funny. It was, so wonky. it was wonky, man. He made some Philadelphia-esque throws that he was doing last season, but he still had moments where he looked pretty good too. 
And I think it's funny that I'm seeing the Indianapolis media quickly turning on him already, much like the Philadelphia media did. So I don't know if this man just attracts media hate. It's crazy because they're already talking, should we bench Wentz to protect our pick? They are not out of anything. No. They are not out of anything. Their schedule gets real light coming up. I mean, they they can easily still win the division and they can still make the with the expanded playoffs being an extra wild card game, there's even more chance they make the playoffs. I don't understand this whole like punting on the season already for them that the media is trying to throw out there. It's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to would bode well for their future. But at the same time, man, the Titans look good. They look real good. They're having fun again, it seems like. But the big thing that I want to take away from this game is that they now lose Derrick Henry for probably the season. It's going to sideline him for a long time. He could could come back toward the end, probably the playoffs until they get there. But, man, that's another reason for the Colts to not hold their heads low. I mean, if Henry's out, that's a big, big hole in a big chunk of offense for the Titans. So, A.J. Brown going to have to step up big time. Julio's got to get healthy. Tannehill's got to, you know, he's got to do the damn thing. And AP, old Adrian Peterson going to come there and try to work the load. But, yeah, I I think – the Titans looked good. The Henry things, is st- uh, you know, sucks. But the Colts can take advantage of that. They can take advantage of it, and they they'll bounce back. I'm sure next week. I think they're a better team. They play the Jets. I think they'll be fine. Dylan, is Tannehill going to turn into like? Is he going to morph into the Miami Dolphins Tannehill now without Henry, or is or is it time to tighten up, batten down the hatches? Is is Nashville for real? The only good thing that came out of that win on Sunday was the fact that the Titans have now officially swept the Colts for the 2021 season. So the Colts are no longer a factor. They're now three games behind, and the rest of the division is a joke. So you do have some optimism about the season is the fact that Jacksonville and Houston are still in your division, and it doesn't look like they're going to be good at all. Yeah. Um, the Titans are just in a very, very peculiar position. I personally am upset that they didn't at least try to get Tevin Coleman away from the Jets to try to at least go along with Adrian Peterson because Adrian Peterson is not catching balls out of the backfield. You know, because this year Derrick Henry at an accelerated rate was you know getting more involved in the passing game, but I felt like. It was just a little bit of a swing and a miss to not at least try to go, like try to find a pass receiving back because uh, they're both of their backs that they have behind Derrick Henry, they're not really too thrilled with altogether. It's hard to really figure out if Tennessee is going to be for real now because, uh, and I was talking to a few people about this, uh, Derrick Henry accounted for 36% of their entire offense. Think about that. Like, just. That much production is now gone, and he was leading the league in rushing touchdowns, rushing yards, rushing attempts. Like he was so special. It's also—it's not just a t- loss for the Titans, y'all. It's a loss for you know us fans and for the league in general. I mean, one of the better players in the NFL is now not going to be around. It's—it's um, it's upsetting to see. I don't think Tannehill will morph into the Miami version because, thankfully, Adam Gase is not in the building as he should not be. <laughs> he should not be in any building. Any yeah. building at he, all. I mean, he can be inside. 
heat though. No, it might it rain and get chilly. No. Just a tent. Security <laughs> should have a photo and just be like, I'm sorry, <laughs> Adam, we can't let you like you don't even call him sir, you call him he, Adam. He, he's like, but <laughs> ma'am, you're, you're my wife. wife. Shoot you. <laughs> well, security guard and I specifically have a gun to shoot you. They, they told me that it's okay. That's what I would tell my security guard. If you see Adam get to shoot on site and make sure you call him Adam. Call him Adam to his face and shoot. <laughs> Apparently, we hate Adam Gase on his pod. Everyone hates Adam perfect. Gase. But anyway, just that, that man shouldn't even be allowed to coach high school football. Like, I wouldn't even let my children. If, if I found out my son was ever coached by Adam Gase, as a father, I would feel doing right by my son. I would have to assault the coach in front of the, the players. <laughs> I, I feel like, just as a good father would do. Listen, listen, folks, we do not promote violence on this podcast, you know. Call 1-800-FIGHTING if you're feeling an uh, urge of domestic violence because Dylan provoked you. Just call that, that hotline to help you. I said no free ads. If I provoked you, there was a reason. <laughs> listen, all makes sense to me. That's listen, all I have a couple provoking, provoking questions for your thoughts here really quickly, guys. And then we got to move on, man. Are the Titans the best team <laughs> in the AFC? <laughs> Hold up. The Titans are 6-2. and two. The Bills are 5-2. and two. The Raiders are 5-2. and two. With this injury, do they have enough firepower to maintain that number one seed overall, or do you think it's going to be too much to overcome? Justin? Uh, I think with the injury, the answer is no. If Henry was healthy, I could make a case. I think the Bills are the best team right now. Dylan? No. Uh, They have some games to give themselves some leeway, but in the end, no. Fair enough. Uh, Speaking of a game where there was no leeway, there wasn't much of anything, not a lot of lead changes – I guess we'll talk about the Bengals Steelers simply for the fact that the Bengals really we'll laid an egg. Browns. Excuse me. Steelers. Sorry, Bengals fans. You guys lost to Mike White, and we're not going to talk about you yeah, at all. We don't. You don't deserve to be spoken about. No, you don't. You guys were trashed this week. Very disappointed. Sorry. Sorry, Browns fans. You guys are kind of relevant. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the Browns and the Steelers. Good catch. The Steelers defeated the Browns in the dog pound. Guys, I don't know how Baker still has his arm attached to his body. This game was kind of just won by, I guess, Najee Harris. Nobody else really played in this game. We don't have to stick on this for very long, but once again, Mike Tomlin proves why he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. In my opinion, this is a team that never quits, no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad Big Ben plays. They find a way to win. They they win ugly a lot, and every year, every year we're sitting here going, Hmm, the Steelers might make the playoffs. The Steelers might do this. They're a tough out, you guys. So that, that's pretty much all I've got about that game. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to say, just like there wasn't a whole lot of points scored. Um, Najee Harris is really good. Yeah, he's um, awesome. Baker should probably go get surgery because I think the Browns are <laughs> donezo. Yeah. And they should probably just cut OBJ at this point. This man's dad was making comments about Baker, this, that, and the what? other. I don't know the exact What did he say? We don't have to dive into it. I don't know the exact comments, but he was basically saying that, like, ah, man, I, I can't even like get on record as being falsifying these statements. But Dude, OBJ's dad, a video. yeah, said something about Baker. Basically, what that he wants OBJ out of Cleveland. I'm sure OBJ wants out of Cleveland. Um, yeah. So I mean, the Browns, amazing story last year. At this point, I just think the cards are stacked against a man. Abandoned here. ship. Yeah, Baker should just get surgery, punt on the season, regroup, come back next year. You're still a solid team. So that's all I got. Yep, that's all we need to say. Dylan's thoughts, you heard him right there. He's got nothing to say about that game. Justin, take the reins for us on this one. The Eagles did play a football game. They did get a win. I think it was the third of the season. I will go on record as saying I thought the Lions had a chance. 
man, was I wrong. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with being wrong. Here's my hot take. You called it a hot take in the group. The Lions have officially quit. This was one of the worst games of football I have ever seen played by professionals. The Jaguars and the Texans have had more fight in them this year combined than what I saw in this one game. Hats off to the Eagles. Sirianni developed a game plan. Jordan Howard rose out of his grave on Halloween. He's back from the dead, scored a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Big rip to all the Kenny Gainwell owners in fantasy. Justin, what did you see in this game that you like from the Eagles? mention that. Hey, you, sorry, you Dylan. Still, you still Don't, beat yeah. me. You, it, you still it, beat me. Yeah, man. Like you have two people here Nobody that were both cares. affected by that. I care. Nobody cares. Justin, oh, Eagles. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it's so. I, this is kind of a hot take. I saw so I forget who said this earlier on Twitter on the Twitter, but I I come away from this game with a concern, and that's crazy. Like, oh, Justin, your team just won by like forty points. I don't give a yeah. shit. My issue is we had to limit the passing game so much against a horrible, horrible team. Like this, this should have been a confidence boosting game for Jalen. Um, I think that's what it needed to be. We need to get the offense rolling in that sense. Yes, we weren't running the ball well, but you could have done a combination of both in this game. Um, and I, that concerns me. It concerns me that we had to go so run heavy. I don't know. Maybe that's weird. Maybe I'm digging too deep. I just didn't like that. I think that we should have at least got Jalen feeling good. But if you look at his passing chart, it was almost all to the right side of the field and all the same limitations he's been doing. So I don't like that at all. We'll see moving forward. Um, Other than that, I love the defensive side of the ball. We dot up a lot more blitzes. We had six sacks in this game. A lot of quarterback hurries. We're getting the young guys involved, rotated on the D-line. They're getting yeah. confidence. Milt Williams' first sack, which is very exciting. Um, Alex Singleton played like 23% of snaps, which pissed me off because I started him in IDP in a fantasy league. <laughs> but that man's a tackling machine for fantasy. He sucks in reality. Yeah. But they're getting right. Davion Taylor. They're getting TJ Edwards in there. They're rotating these young guys in, and they're no longer like buying into, I have to play a veteran. Like Eric Wilson was a, was a healthy scratch. Good. Anthony Harris is kind of banged up, but I think more or less a healthy scratch because he Good. sucks too. So those are positives. But despite the ton of points on the offensive side of the ball, I don't like the message it gave me. Um, we'll see. They play the Chargers next week, and we'll see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, that's what I got from the game. Dylan, what were your takeaways from this game? You know, we're at Dan Campbell pod, or we were for about a week, you know, what, what what did you see here? Are the Eagles that good or the Lions just given up already? My main takeaway from this game was if I'm the Lions, do I take a generational pass rusher in KV on Thibodeau or do I suck it up and take a quarterback that in a class that is very terrible right now? Do you want my answer? No, that was just basically just my main <laughs> takeaway from the game is do you take a – an A school teammate in KV on Thibodeau and yeah. stick with Jared Goff, or do you yeah. suck it up and try to make your first pick a quarterback in a class that is not well? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What I do That's know be the question that they're gonna have to argue with themselves internally from now until they're on the clock. <laughs> 
I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't think Arthur Smith or Dan Campbell gets a second year. I want to be on record saying that now. I also want to be on record saying that I have revoked my previous one win for the Lions to zero wins for the Lions. I think an Atlanta team, even without Calvin Ridley, they still have Kyle Pitts and they got Matt Ryan. I still think they can beat the Lions at this point. So uh, I don't see another win for the Lions. Could they be the first team in history to go with two defeated seasons? Yes. Well, this 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 year would be uh, th- this time it would be the worst season ever because of the extra games. So oh, they would yeah. be the first Ooh. ever zero and seventeen team. Good yes. point. That's a good point. The most losses in single season history. We could and see history made. Zero and sixteen before. Why not the wow. Detroit Lions be zero and seventeen just to really put the stamp on like no one really loses like us. <laughs> Nobody. Um, there's got to be a uh, – well, I know there is. There's definitely a prop bet for that in Vegas, so maybe I can jump on that now. Guys, let's talk about uh, another game that I didn't see going the way that it went. we got to talk about our boy. You know, we got the shirts. Don't do we got, we got We got the shirts. I don't we got the powder blue shirts. We're big Herbie pod. Justin Herbert, number 10. We bought the shirts. We're big fans. Guys – Something's going on in, in L.A. And what it is, what it looks to me like, is it's the same superchargers that have always been the superchargers. It's not Phillip Rivers anymore. It's not 17. It's 10. So once again, they're losing games. We don't think they should lose. They're playing phenomenal teams like the Cowboys down to the wire, and then they're losing to other teams that have rookie quarterbacks and no real receiving weapons. And the Chargers have the same players. They got Mike Williams, Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen, they got the same guys on defense, but they're losing. Guys, the Patriots went East Coast, West Coast. Tom Brady is the reason they won. It wasn't Belichick. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Well, guess what? Mac Jones won this game, the real number 10. And Dylan, I'm going to let you take the lead (laughs) on this one. This one's for you, man. Bill Belichick is quietly getting that team to win. And again, nobody really wants to play the Patriots at this point. He continues to dominate. What happened to the Chargers, Dylan? What's going on with our boy? Help me. First off, since we got the shirts, the Chargers are 0 2. So we oh my God. can burn the shirts. So soft. It's so soft and it's, it looks so good. But our boy is 0 2 since we've gotten on point. the merchandise. And. We, so we're a curse. It's the curse of us for the boys' right, curse. Right now, it seems that way. So we just at least have to lift the curse as fast as possible. We just have to do it quietly so no one really jumps onto the curse. So that's the first takeaway. The second takeaway is the last couple weeks, uh, you have seen Justin Herbert for the first time looked confused and just puzzled by defensive coverages and uh, wrote what they call uh, roaming safeties or rotational uh, coverages. So it's different because, again, he's already put to the point to where he even has pointed out just, you know, uh, not this past game, but even two weeks ago saying that, you know, they did some things that he hasn't seen or they disguised their coverages of how he used to see him as. And even this time when they played Bill Belichick, where <laughs> the Chargers are just one of the teams that Bill Belichick just hates. So he's always going to try to kick the living shit out of the Chargers or the Jets anytime he needs to. And 
this time he just really wanted to kind of not really expose Justin Herbert, but, you know, definitely rattle him and kind of show off that, you know, that Bill Belichick still has the upper hand on him as far as the mental aspect. And I also thought this was a chess match between Bill Belichick and Brent. Oh, I'm sorry, Bill Belichick and Brandon Staley as well. And where you saw the difference in a coach who has won six Super Bowls and a coach who is also coaching his very first time in the NFL. And when you have a coach that's coaching for his first time in the NFL with a second year quarterback, that's still in Bill Belichick's eyes, a rookie quarterback, you're going to be at a disadvantage. I think it's terrible what Justin Herbert's kind of going through right now. I think that there needs to be a little bit more of an innovation and a little bit more of um, just a flexibility with play calling. I think instead of really just sticking to one or two, you know, plays, you know, Justin Herbert is smart enough to where you can unload the playbook on him and you can really give him the chance to have maybe three or four or even five plays to really just kind of have and just have the ability to check in and out of uh, routes and really check, you know, really just what he needs to. But at this point, man, it's, it may just be two weeks of just being stale or just two weeks of just bad coaching and just bad luck, but we either need to burn the shirts or the Chargers need to play better, and I feel like we don't really need to wait around too much, so I'm going to go with burn the shirts as quick <laughs> as possible, but y'all are probably going to be a little bit more rational and probably at least wait a little bit to see if you know our clothing is safe for another week. I'm not burning the shirts. <laughs> I'm not doing it. And I'm not giving up on Herbie, but they they have a weird test next week because they go from L.A., they go to Philadelphia, they go West Coast, East Coast, just like the um, Pats did East Coast to West Coast for them. They play a team that just rolled the Lions, which obviously the Lions suck, but it's a feel-good game for them. Philadelphia could have some confidence. They're going back home. So I think the Chargers have a weird test there, um, but I think they have a good opportunity to get Mike Williams back involved. They're not playing. They're playing a more vanilla defense than what the Pats can dial up most weeks. So I'm not giving up on the Chargers. I still am very high on them. I think they can make a lot of noise, but they just need to get back to what they were doing, and I think that's the most important part for them. Um, I will say this. They are probably going to have another tough week of getting the ball to Mike Williams, which is once he stopped getting the balls where their problems started to blossom – um, Slay has really locked down the outside. Steven Nelson's done a good job too. So I don't see a lot of Mike Williams action next week, but look for a lot of Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen should rip Philadelphia up. Yeah. So we're going to see, man. We're going to see. I think if they if they can bounce back against Philly, they're going to be right back to where they are, and I'll be back to feeling good about them. Yeah, I love it, man. We're never jumping off. We will never, we will never doubt you, Herbie. Justin, if you're listening to this pod, the boys love you. We support you, and we're here for you, man. Look, the Chargers. <laughs> Dylan, t- tell them you love them, Dylan. Dylan? Play better. <laughs> play better. We're burning the shirts. These shirts were $35 a piece, dang it, and I got no yeah, refunds. Man, play, play better. Listen, yeah. you guys don't know this. I can't wear my shirt. My chest is too big. I can't get a refund on this <laughs> Humble, shirt. Humble, like, oh, what? I can't get a refund on this stupid shirt. Barstool? Dave, Big Cat, somebody call me. I want a refund on this dang no shirt. No free ads. Hulk sad. Listen, listen. Hey, man. Hulk not sad. You know who is sad? Sean Payton. 
Sean Payton's dad. We got to move on, guys. Let's move to the NFC South, the division, the most exciting division in football, some might say. They got the defending champs, the Tampa Bay Bucks. They went in to New Orleans, guys, and Tom Brady once again shows that the Saints, the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Saints, Dylan, they're kind of his kryptonite. Jameis started this game out playing the most Jameis way ever. It was – I know everybody by now has seen the play where he was like three yards past the line of scrimmage. And he did like a, a fake underhand granny like pass, like a pump fake. It was the funniest thing ever. Nobody knows what he was trying to do, but it was awesome. It was Jameis Winston having fun. I was actually enjoying him play this game. Uh, the throw that he made to Traquan Smith was really nice, but I, I'm going to let you guys you know, go in on this a little bit. We can also talk about some other stuff, but this was a huge win for the Saints. The Saints had their backs up against the wall, a win where probably I think 90, I think I saw 95% of the country was betting on the Bucks. So nobody believed in the Saints except for one man. It's DM. Dylan, you believed in the Saints. What happened, man? How did they how did they beat the GOAT in New Orleans? Well, they all, they can only beat him in the regular season. It's just when they get to the postseason is when he becomes their kryptonite. It's I guess you can say a fair trade, but you know, at the, they just know how to get in Tom Brady's face. They know how to rattle him. Uh, Tom Brady, even though he had four tutties, he also had three turnovers. And you know, he, and you can even see if you happen to see any highlights of the interceptions that he threw, you can see the DBs having anticipation as to where he wants to throw the ball. So the first pick when. Uh, Chauncey Garner-Johnson actually gets off of his defender. Yes, C.D. Deuce, baby. When he gets off of his defender, he runs where he knows Tom Brady likes to throw the ball. So he already not only has a pick, he also has a running start to, you know, possibly score. And the second pick is the same thing with P.J. Williams is waiting back in deep coverage, and he's just waiting on Chris Godwin to just, you know, make his break on the ball. And once he sees that break and, you know, he sees the ball that's thrown, again, he just anticipates where Brady wants to throw it. And not only, again, does he get a pick, he also has a running start, and he actually scores. So the Saints are not afraid of Tom Brady. They're not afraid of his legacy. They're not afraid of his Super Bowl resume. They just know how to play him. They know how to, they know how to get in his head, and they just know what he likes to do. Uh, again, it just it just all it takes is just the postseason for Tom Brady to just show something he hasn't done, and then they just beat the Saints. But thankfully, this is the regular season so far. So I guess as a Saints fan, you should be happy that you're that Trevor Simeon beat the reigning Super Bowl champions. Yeah, man. Shout out, shout out to Trevor. That man came in, held it down. It's a shame to see Jameis go down uh, because I was hoping for gunslinging Jameis his revenge game against Tampa would have been fun to see a full length of that one but yeah yeah man the, the Saints the Saints have surprised me big time I think they've looked a lot better than I expected them to look so far this season we'll see how that continues um, with whoever they have stepping in at QB I assume Taysom given that he's healthy back from his whole concussion situation that's held him out for a few weeks at this point but I think you're going to see a lot of work go to Kamara Mark Ingram's back in town, so I think he, you're going to see him involved heavily. Um, the short pass game, he caught a few of those little dump-offs this week. And, you know, hopefully Michael Thomas can come back, not be dramatic, and 
help you know push this offense forward in making up for that loss of Jameis. So we're gonna see where they go. Um, I think the Bucks are the Bucks are fine. It's nothing to worry about. They I think Tom misses AB. AB yeah. not being in that offense has been kind of surprisingly impactful. Um, I mean, obviously AB's presence is you know it's always noteworthy. He's played really well since he's been there. But it's crazy that a team with Godwin and Mike Evans could still miss AB. And I think they did. I think it's been pretty evident. But, yeah, it was a fun game, though. I had a, I had a really good time actually tuning into this game. It was fun, fun from start to the finish. And yep. I loved the post-game dancing <laughs> by Jameis. <laughs> yes. Into Jameis, busting it down. It was hilarious. It was awesome. Mark Ingram brings the energy back to Nolens, And I think Man. that's fun for the post the post game moves. I loved it. It was so funny. Yeah, the vibes in New Orleans, man, they're they're crazy. I've never been. Dylan, we keep talking about going. You're gonna have to take me down there or take us down there to celebrate and just to party and enjoy well, that. I'm already city. going back in January. I was supposed to go Book in it. September, but unfortunately Hurricane Ida had other plans for me. So uh uh, I guess you – I mean, I, I don't think it's really that bad. I did go to Miami instead, but, I mean, don't worry. I'm going back to Nolens uh, in January. Well, you got to you gotta take us with you. Justin, you referred to the locker room dance. I mean, at this point, how can you not root for Jameis Winston like the goofy-ass just person? Like that locker room – that locker room loves him, man. These guys are all still in their pads way after the game. They just got like the most hood music. They got the fog machine in the locker room, disco lights set up, and they're celebrating beating the defending world champs. They're five and two. Jameis is on one leg. He's on the peg leg playing the air guitar. That video was awesome, man. It used to be the the Winston eating W's. Now it's him dancing with the leg. I mean, the guys love Jameis. It was it was evident, you know. And the way that he left that field too. That that guy is tough. When I saw him, you know, slumped on the turf, the way his leg bent, and then him force himself up to his feet and want to walk off under his power. You know, all all power to that dude. It seems like he's growing. I'll continue to root for Jameis as long as he doesn't do anything super stupid or, or they would get him banned. But you got to you got to recognize that team loves him. They also love Mark Ingram. Good point by Justin. And it'll be interesting to see what Sean Payton does. Another coach who deserves a lot of credit, kind of like Matt Lafleur. We didn't mention his name. Deserves tons of credit. But these are guys that took a team first: the loss of Drew Brees, now the loss of Jameis, the loss of Taysom, the loss of Michael Thomas. It doesn't matter, guys. How can you not say Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in the world? They're five and two. They have notable wins now over the Bucks, the Packers, and the Patriots in Foxborough. So five and two. Uh, they just they win games that they're not supposed to win. It's like that city just never quits, man. You know something about them ever since Katrina. That city just never quits. So it's a lot of fun to watch. Last thing, you guys. Who that? Who that? Say they're gonna beat them Saints, not the Bucks. Nobody. Nobody. That huge, huge win for them. Uh, but speaking of teams that don't quit, I don't know if I have the score, guys. Where there is a World Series game on tonight that I would love to watch. Lock double zero, top of the third, three to okay. one, two outs. Jorge Soler is at the at, at the bat. Okay, so we maybe we, I don't know. We've still got lots of game left to watch, which I wanted to watch from the beginning. We will get to watch the rest of it. 0-0. haven't missed much. Seems like a pitching duel, which sucks. I have the over, guys. Don't tell anybody. Um, eight and a half runs. So, anyway, before we get off, guys, Justin's got to go hang out with his family. He's been kind enough to join us. Dylan's got to hang out with Miller, who is very upset that the pod ran late. 
I want to get your guys' predictions. It's game six in Houston, pitching duel, third inning. Who wins the World Series, Justin? Do the Braves take it tonight in game seven, or do the Astros close this thing out in seven? Who do you like? Um, I'm going to take Braves tonight, Braves in six, final wow. score five to three. Let's go. Let's go. I hope you're a freaking soothsayer, man. Just a, you know, a warlock who can predict the future. Dylan, who's winning the World Series? Let's go, Braves. <laughs> you already know my answer. It's not even it's funny because um I've been calling my grandfather after every single game and we just kind of like break down like if there was a pod where it was just my grandfather and me breaking down these games, I feel like that would be incredible as well. But I got the Braves pulling it off tonight, man. Like this, it would make it even more special. Uh, I would say the score was pro- what it looks like right now. I would say uh, you said the it, the it's like right along eight and a half. I would say that it was probably going to be like five to three Atlanta. So I feel like it's going to be a little bit of the under as well. Hey man, I love it. I don't even care about the over. There's a reason I didn't bet on a winner from this game. I didn't want to be the reason that. The Braves lost, so there was no way I was going to pick Houston. Let's go, Braves. Dylan, before we get out of here, tell all the people, tell the good listeners what they need to do for us each and every week. Well, the fact that you're listening is already the first step, and we appreciate that. That is the biggest thing you can do for us. And you can also continue to go to Apple, Spotify, and type in For the Boys and give us a like, comment, leave a review. The reviews are what really uh, sell our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm kind of uh, learning about this as well. Uh, Jorge Soler just hit a bomb, ladies and gentlemen. That's a three-run score. How many? Three to nothing, Robbie. Let's go. The potential MVP of the World Series. You can also, again, go to <laughs> Apple and uh, Spotify. Give us a like. Again, the reviews are what we really uh, strive for. That's what really puts us in that premium spot. You type us in, you already see it. Um, again, we thank you for listening. I'm sorry if that just broke a few of your eardrums or if you have any children that are asleep and they hear just a grown man screaming, he hit that bomb and then he tapped his chest because he knew it was already gone. <laughs> oh, Get us out of here, Dylan. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm just I want to so watch the game, man. Right All right. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. Uh, yes. Tell two friends that they can tell two friends. Uh, you know, come along with us. You know, we're really happy that you're here seeing us grow. We appreciate your listening. We appreciate you spending your time with us. Yeah, we do. Justin. Let's go Braves. Let's go Braves. Justin, uh, real quick update. Heater doing it, baby. Heater doing it. So, Hey, Heater, Heater locked in. Bold prediction. Any NBA fans, if you have an issue with this, you can suck it. <laughs> Heater the best team in the league. The best, the best. Go heat, Justin. Another, another side side bar. How's the dog, man? Justin's dog. Everybody ate two bars of chocolate tonight, so we want to check on her. How's she doing? Four bubbies. Well, she hasn't shit in the house, so that's a positive. Okay. The other, the non-chocolate eater, wants to go outside, so I got to take her outside. Then we watching the Braves, baby. Let's do it, baby. Let's watch the Braves. You guys, we're out of here. Thank you, guys. As always, I got one thing to say. Go Birds. 
Go Birds. Who that?